Good evening, everyone. It's slightly past 8 p.m. And we are ready to go. As always, it's an interesting time in markets. And frankly, you can say that on any particular day that you want, because markets are always interesting. If you are involved 24 by 7, 365 days a year, and for me, all the way back since 1990. That's more than 30 years of being involved uh, with financial markets. Learning to forecast, predict, the hardest part that most would say don't do. But definitely, whether they say don't do, they're all doing it one way or the other, because uh, even if you're a fundamental analyst, you're trying to predict the future earnings of a company and doing that with whatever research and knowledge you can put together. So we are all in the business of prediction, whether you accept it or you don't. Uh, even an economist is trying to judge whether GDP growth or interest rates are headed in a particular direction. And we are doing this because we want to be able to get our hands around where financial markets are headed, where is the opportunity, what is the risk reward, and which are the sectors to really participate in this move with. Now, if you're still looking at all this information, fundamental, economic, macro, and still confused, are we really in a bull market? Or is this really a bubble? Is this, is this just a pop-up speculative boom going on? Uh, then, then I think you need to seriously uh, you know, sit down and think of about how financial markets really operate. You have to have been a part of, you know, markets for a long enough period of time, watched various different phases to get an understanding of this. And we can all get on the wrong foot for a particular period of time, but you have to really figure out what really drives markets below the surface. What is it that really makes bubbles? You need to study the history of bubbles. Uh, bubbles are not just about valuation. In fact, uh, the more you study, you'll find valuations are not, not bubbles. Bubbles are really an excess and many, many more often than not that excess is in the form of leverage. So it's not just excess, it's excess in the form of leverage that most often than not eventually results in a massive blow off and you know decline. If leverage is contained in some way or the other, then it's not necessarily the end result uh, like what we saw in India, rather than talk about any other market we've seen 1992, 1994, uh, 2000. So the three subsequent bubbles you could have had even before FIs were a significant part of India. And uh, it's important to refer to those phases because they were real and they occurred in a time period where nothing else really uh, coexisted. Uh, you can ask where was, the, where was the leverage and I can actually go into detail on that. But it's important to rub that off and so even as we entered, uh, you know, the 2010s, that is when all the bubble talk really started after the G GFC and the US printing large amounts of uh, money, whether you call it printing, you call it QE, you call it expansion of the balance sheet, give it what name you might, uh, did it all result in a bubble? Uh, it looked like for some time it should have been, the debt is supposed to unwind and that narrative went on and it's still going on. For a lot of you who are listening to uh, you know, those narratives, I'll tell you that I spent quite some time listening to them myself, only to end up improving my knowledge and understanding of what we call macro, right? That's the big subject, the subject that a lot of uh, 
people on the fund side try to avoid because uh, essentially if you're in a mutual fund you're doing long only your job is to be 100% invested one way or the other so macro plays a very small part in in asset allocation uh, but apart from that doesn't really drive decisions to be fully invested of or you know significantly uh, manage risk and therefore it's one of the points that some can really ignore uh, up to a point uh, but having said that uh, it's something that can help you uh, in your broader understanding of things and so i went down that hole uh, 2010 to 2020 uh, i of course had uh, also published the uh, condotai winter reports those are all free on the india charts websites if you've never read the economic reports uh, i've always kept them free on the site even though uh, you know other parts of the site are paid uh simply because it's a lesser understood part of you know how money works how uh, economic cycles operate and i really want everyone to get a greater sense of that which has been the core thesis of uh, you know india charts is to make uh, the best of knowledge analysis uh, i say institutional grade analysis and knowledge available to retail investors that is i think broadly the objective which is why i say it's the truth about the markets not just you know uh something just above the surface in bits and pieces you know and you know just trying to give recommendations by this sell that done that been there doesn't work for most people uh and uh and therefore unless you really wanting to upgrade your knowledge and you know get get to a better place in terms of being an investor or a trader uh then you definitely want to be associated associated with me and the platforms that we are working on if you essentially just want to be spoon fed then i don't think we have much to offer you know this is the truth and so with that truth uh, we've actually come up with you know broadening what information can be at your fingertips uh, and again pointing to retail because most of this is essentially available to a lot of uh, institutional investors a lot of the data points that are there in the market are held closely uh, and we are making a serious attempt to make it available not just data but how you present it how you are able to use it scan it and come up with the best ideas of what to buy and what to sell on your own using the data analytics that we put to you and how are you going to do that we're going to do that with the strike platform right so the strike platform really launches in a week uh, from now we have been saying that since may but finally finally it should be out we'll be live testing it over the next one week and then uh, chavan uh, who's also here Uh, we'll be putting out a date. Uh, I would definitely want him to speak at least a few words. So, uh, Chavan, if you're on, I've given you a speaker invite, and you must start following the Strike uh, Twitter account since all of you are on Twitter. So you can see the uh, Strike underscore uh, IC, who's also co-hosting uh, right now, and uh, you can start following that account. So. Uh, that will keep you up to date on what we are doing there and also how we use the tools what tools are there we already started putting out videos on youtube so you get a initial sense of what it's going to look like uh, but this is an ongoing project this is not something that we do tomorrow and it's over it's going to be in development even after we go live with new tools and pieces getting added every week and every month and so you'll keep getting surprised by what we are really going to put out there right uh, chavan you want to want to just throw in a word on that before i continue with the market discussion yeah sure rohit so hey uh, good evening everyone uh, pretty excited that sunday uh, that is 18th we are going live but it is going to be 
uh, beta testing for one week and then it will be available for all. Uh, pretty excited about the tool because it's not only for traders, but also we are concentrating on the investors also. So in terms of investors, we are bringing in a uh, lot of available data in terms of sectoral analysis for traders. It's going to be uh, complete options, uh, uh, complete options, including backtesting and uh, strategy builders. A uh, lot of lot of things are going into strike uh, over the next two months. We'll be adding a lot of things. Uh, in fact, very, very happy to announce that we just signed the agreement for uh, relative rotation graphs. So in India, it will be available. Uh, so, yes, pretty excited, Rohit. Yeah, so so, uh, so like Chavan said, uh, the tool is going to be out uh, and uh, within a week should be publicly available for everyone to start downloading and using. We will also have a uh, uh, most probably a period where you will be able to use it freely before you start, uh, you know, uh, taking it as a subscription. So you get everybody gets to use it, share it and get a sense of it. Uh, and so that's uh, that's how we are going to uh, give it away. So with that, uh, looking forward to that, let's get on to the uh, market discussion, where we are, how did we get here. And like I said, uh, with a lot of this analysis and data, people are still suspecting that we are not in a bull market. Uh, and I think I've made that pretty much a clear call. I think somewhere mid of uh, 2022, once we you know, sort of accepted that, okay, maybe this is a bear market. And actually, in hindsight, it's not even a bear market. Uh, and so that's, that was where it was uh, a long-standing, uh, you know, debate that we had in the weekend with India Charts episodes, me and Chavan, that, you know, whether we are in a bear market or not, even though the markets did fall. But I did put a timeline, and that is really important because based on historical bear markets in India, uh, and since we were making so much comparison with the year 2000, that length of the 2000 bear market from, you know, March of 2000 to October of 2001 was essentially 18 months. So I just used that as a blind number and I said, okay, October 2021, 18 months goes to where and goes to March of 2022. So let's say, sorry, March, yeah, right, March of 2023. Uh, so let's say that uh, this bear market will essentially end by March of 2023. And that's sort of, that's sort of how I came up with that number. And then we kept waiting for the markets own patterns to unfold and I think from Jan onwards it started looking to me that possibly it's going to work out exactly like that except that uh, the reason to turn a little bullish early in Jan was that global markets started to bottom out early from Asia to Europe were first and then US all of them stopped making new lows from Jan itself I think nobody recognized it in fact uh, this has been one of the most consensus bearish trades as far as the US is concerned because people have just not given up the bear trade for six months running, even though markets are not making new lows. So that's very interesting. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, people continue to anticipate a US recession uh, in the months ahead. Uh, and this is even though uh, earnings data is going to you know, flatten off and turn positive next week based on the research that I'm reading. Uh, and even the people who've written that research are remaining bearish, which is very interesting. So, uh, but I, I, I followed their data rather than what they were saying because their data is saying that things will turn. And what has also ended up happening is, uh, and so they also ended up saying another thing, which is that inflation data will cool off, both of which have happened. But what has not happened is people's expectations of a recession didn't change despite this data uh, being visible. And in fact, despite the last two, three quarters of earnings in the US, 
not really collapsing. You aren't seeing 10, 15, 20% drops in the earnings at an S&P 500 level. If you look at the average earnings, they've only declined by 4, 5% in the first and second quarter of this year. You know, so uh, December and you say March and now you'll get the June earnings as well next, uh, uh, I mean, uh, from, I think, uh, end of this month. And so then, then we'll have an, another earnings season going. But the point is so far, we haven't really seen a meaningful decline. And in India, we've just seen a slowdown flattening of uh, you know growth but growth has continued and support towards growth from the government side has also continued so with all of that uh, we are in a sweet spot and that sweet spot has essentially helped us uh, go through this uh, phase with a lot of rotation which means certain sectors outperforming others and uh, they've done relatively well and that strength is essentially what we've ended up chasing so i've told people to chase strength uh, again and again run relative charts and you know put out lists on the India Charts platforms of what is working and I mentioned that you know you chase what is working. You can you can do a technical scan on what is working, then you can look at the fundamentals of what is working. I'm sure with Strike you'll be able to do both and uh, if you're able to do both of them, uh, then you just invest in what is working. That is a very simple theory. It's like not even a rocket science. You don't don't need a degree to do something like that. And that's that's what I'm that's what uh, like I said in the beginning, the core thesis of India Charts is to make People think that, you know, they can do it and not that it is something out of the world. But of course, when we say you can do it, it means there's an effort involved. And that is another thing that, that a lot of people don't want to put. They still want to be spoon-fed. And which is why I started out by saying that if you want to be spoon-fed, you're not going to get the end results that you want. You know, so choose to learn and choose to uh, be more educated about how markets work, how they operate. And that will give you a much greater sense in terms of uh, success in what we are doing over here and uh, that's been my journey and I've chosen it to be that way you know always uh, putting my account ahead of everyone else's which is why I'll never be an advisor because I don't intend to tell you what to do I can share ideas but you'll have to put in the work yourself and that's I think going to be uh, going to always be the case uh, uh, it's not something that is that interests me to know tell 10 people uh, what to do and expect an income from that in fact i don't even think it's a scalable model you know because beyond a point you can't do individualized personalized service to the to the true word of it at scale uh, and make a big uh, big uh, you know business out of it so uh, at the end if you try to do it big you end up doing the same thing for for everybody which is then akin to running a mutual fund you know so then how are you any different if you're not doing personalized uh, approach which is what even PMSs are supposed to do. And still many portfolio management schemes run like mutual funds running, uh, you know, the only variation being concentrated bets. But apart from that, uh, the same portfolio ends up being applied to all the customers. So so the uh, speciality that you bring is not individualized customization, which is what the rules and guidelines would want you to do. But, uh, uh, you know, just uh, maybe a, a different style of investing than you could really do with a mutual fund. So that definitely comes in with with asset management, uh, with portfolio management and advisory. You can come up with forms that are not possible under mutual funds, but it, uh, but the, the personalized level really is not a scalable business. And which is why I think everyone, uh, if you really want to, you know, do, uh, do much better than you're doing, it has to be through learning and understanding yourself, your own positioning, your risk appetite, and then attempting the markets with the right signs, uh, which we are very happy to uh, share with everyone. So 
uh, again uh, coming back uh, to where we are we think i think uh, the worst ended in march of 2023 uh, we are not going to see those lows again for the rest of this year believe it or not and uh, i've also highlighted the massive short squeeze that will happen in the us markets because of inflation data dropping which is also started happening now if you've also heard about the narrative that well this us market rally is driven by only seven stocks uh, it's already been bullshitted in the last one week because more than 10 days ago i uh, mentioned that you know most of the uh, indices which reflect the broad market in the us whether it's the russell 2000 which had made multiple bottoms at the same level again and again the us bank index which is where all the troubles were in march uh, all of them have bottomed out and started to move up and we sensed that uh, highlighted it and it's already started to happen uh, the last the last one is going to be the toughest which is more in the macro space i'll come to that a little later uh, or maybe i should touch upon it so the last one is two things like the dollar uh, and bond yields right which is what tonight is all about the fed is going to speak what is it going to do you just had us core in, uh, core inflation remaining stickier yesterday so you have the cpi coming down but you have the core sticky which is why bond yields did not respond even though the dollar is still falling today you know the falling dollar today uh, should be telling you something uh, it's very very interesting because uh, i know i know a lot of people are beginning to start you know having a having a debate on how the dollar really performs i have had the view that the dollar uh, entered a bear market in 2017 to in i thought it'll stay that way for 7 years it stayed that way at least till 2021 uh, so not 7 years but 4 uh, years and then we ended up making a new high but even that new high to me is the end of a long term uh, dollar bull market because when we actually look at a 10 year chart uh, we see uh, the dollar index in a rising channel and it reached the top end of that channel in 2022 and is selling off from there uh, so if you look at that structure you'd probably agree with me but if you end up looking at maybe the momentum structure how it is behaving with the averages and so on then you might find that this setup uh in the last three or four occasions uh, in previous cycles actually ended up being bullish for the dollar so i very much understand why people would look at the same setup you know and think that well the dollar still got way to go on the upside because on the quarterly basis it's not broken the quarterly averages in fact it took support at the lower band on the quarterly chart on the monthly chart it is still to break the 40 month average and so uh, so when you end up holding these supports you can also argue that well maybe the you know upward trend is still intact and the last three times this happened uh, the dollar dollar index still went higher but like i said when you look at the 10 year picture because from 2001 uh, sorry 2008 to 2022 the dollar index was in an uptrend uh, and uh, inside this rising channel and it's moved zigzag inside this channel overlapping so we market as a complex pattern elliotians will understand wx yz and z is usually the fifth wave which is over in 22 so usually so that doesn't really leave us with any more expectations on the upside which is why i think the dxy is really resuming its bear market you know, and the direct implications for that are you know on various other currency markets so it's been a fight even on the rupee people are waiting for 83 to be surpassed i had a view that you'll go to 85 87 in december i have given up that view in jan jan feb itself uh, especially after the bond market in india started to see a decline so bond yields are falling from 7.85% to 7% already and i think they'll probably fall further uh, and similarly uh, the usd nr as we speak right now is trading at around 81.95 so it's seen a big drop because of the dollar index uh, post market hours in the international market you'll probably see that reflected in a gap down 
tomorrow in the usd inr and so it's slowly heading lower uh, and uh, uh, and i think it marks the start of a much larger decline uh, for the dollar in the weeks and months ahead which would have a positive rub off on everything from the emerging markets to india to commodity prices to bond markets you know so all of these benefit from a generally falling dollar because it removes risk uh, it's been the key risk indicator and it removes that risk from you know price action so uh, interesting uh, how these things have actually fallen into place and we've been tracking it i've been thinking about it all the time in fact uh, even bitcoin itself has become one liquidity indicator because it sort of slowly moves in line with uh, with the dollar it remains inversely correlated with the dollar just like gold except that it has a much higher beta factor which means it moves up and down in much bigger percentages and in that sense has uh, you know started to give a good fight to gold itself but of course uh, both are very very different one is a commodity and and the other is a quasi commodity so uh, i don't know how this fight ends uh, but for the time being the way i look at btc is essentially as a indicator of liquidity and if it also indicates a positive trend uh, i take that as a signal that it's an indication that the dollar is falling or that uh, you know risk assets are ready to move higher and the risk on environment is really back so that's another way to really think uh, about the whole picture uh, so simply put uh, uh, we are uh, we have started uh, or resumed the bull market from march of this year uh, and even though the lowest point was reached in june of last year some sectors started to do well from there itself but there are many mid cap stocks which are still falling making new lows into march of this year and that is where it all culminates so in terms of you know the broad weakness that we saw where individual stocks were also doing badly and not really picking up even though the indices were holding higher that phase is what has really ended in march which is why you're seeing a far more broad based advance now in the market where everything is bouncing back and moving up even stocks that had crashed are moving up and even stocks that were doing well anyway are doing well so you see so it's become far more broad based and will give a lot of people a lot of fomo in the very very short term they're going to feel serious odds of missing out because the market gives no signals of really coming down having said that i do think in the short term we may have reached a point we do have some sentiment signals uh, some strike data i should call all my sentiment and other data now strike data so uh, our strike data really indicating that we may have a near term uh, initial uh, point where the markets can pause at least the nifty uh, maybe even the us because we can see a five wave advance we just don't have a reversal yet so we can see a short term five wave advance in the us markets and we can see a fifth wave developing from the lows of march uh, 23 in the nifty and uh, we don't have a clear reversal yet uh, but if it is a fifth and we don't see further extensions uh, no signals of that yet then it may be the first time we actually get some kind of a retracement or a pullback so that's the first thing we are really watching out for uh, you know in the very very short term as to whether we can get some kind of peak uh, or reversal but it will only be a near term retracement of the run up that we have uh, you know already seen you know so we get some retracement of this run up and then probably the uh, you know uh, bullish uh, case uh, resumes and we start heading higher all over again so that is uh, that is how i see it so there'll be an opportunity uh to uh, re-enter uh, at a lower level i sense if we get a pullback uh what would be the signs that we are not getting a pullback say we really don't break below say the 20 day average which is at around i think 184 something uh that could be one signal that uh, we are really you know continuing to extend uh but uh, we have su- sufficient momentum divergences breadth divergences to 
think about the idea that yes we we it's fair to expect uh, a pause in the markets maybe even after this fed meet uh, so the 20 dma today is 18504 just to put out the level and even after this fed meet you'll have a situation where you can have buy in expectations and you know sell on news because the news would be well the fed is uh, you know uh, starting to acknowledge that yes inflation data is moving in its favor i don't think uh, they might uh, still uh, do anything on the rate front they probably probably end up doing nothing and uh, keep watching the data because they'd want the core inflation to really really start cooling off before they do anything because that shelter inflation has to show up uh, i thought it would i'm actually surprised that core inflation did not uh, decline uh, but that it stayed there and in fact uh, in a twitter reply uh, uh, ritesh uh, ritesh jain who's been on my spaces in december uh, quite a while uh, you know one of the uh, most heard out spaces uh, mentioned that uh, you know core inflation is actually high in uh, various other countries as well so it's not just uh, the us but everywhere it's remaining sticky as of now so you really want to see that cool off which is why central banks are not backing off on uh, the uh, rates uh, even though cpi inflation has cooled off significantly both in the us and india so that i think is is going to remain uh, the final thing that they'll wait for before they really turn on rates but you may start you know hearing a language which is very very different you already seen that from the rbi and you might even see that uh, from the fed itself which is uh, which is uh, sort of become a reason for you know, for people to book their gains well they're not doing anything now maybe you know the visibility is low well we expected this and now it's time to book profit so it's called the buy in expectation sell on news event can actually cause a short term uh, reaction in maybe uh, equities in general and would provide a good uh, you know re-entry opportunity from what's been a sort of one-way runaway in the markets in fact the rsi for for the mid-cap indices had almost reached 87 last week which is a very very overbought reading on the mid-cap index uh, it's of course not peaked exactly there usually you get a negative divergence after such an event which is what we may get now if you if you sells off from here then the rsi would be making a lower high uh, and prices would be at a higher high but of course till you don't get a reversal uh, everything i'm seeing is just uh, imaginary so uh, but that's the expectation that you know you're reaching a point where somewhere you will complete the first impulse uh, and you'll get some kind of a pullback and we'll try to judge over there whether the pullback is just a subdivisions of an even larger extended move or it will be a natural larger abc lasting for you know a couple of weeks and then you resume uh, the third wave of this uh, a fresh bull market from March uh, higher again. So this is this is I think my summary of things uh, among the sentiment data uh, that we've looked at uh, over strike has been breadth, uh, which has negative divergences. We also have a situation where FIs and DIs, which were max long and short at opposite ends of the uh, positioning in March, have sort of you know squared up for all of those trades. So you don't have much of a short position marginal longs only on di is at around 7900 or something contracts and similarly fi is also given up all their shorts and they are near zero now at near zero it's what we call as the indecisive point right everybody's in indecision should we continue to buy further from here or should we simply wait and i think that's that's the same thing i'm also signaling that you know if there's going to be a pullback it's a wait uh, and so uh, that's how the positioning is right now that there's very little position uh, in the market and uh, in terms of strength i mean of course there there's always a position but it's not significantly long or short uh, to really be directional or to even take a contrarian bet on what is going to uh, happen next uh, 
so i think that's that's my highlight i've spoken for around 29 minutes uh, uh, you know spelling out what i think markets are doing and what they're going to do short term long term and what i would want to do over the next 30 to 40 minutes is you know take on questions uh, from uh, from everyone that might uh, want to raise so you can start putting in speaker requests and, and i'll try to open them up one at a time and take this discussion forward that's how we, that's that's what we're going to really do uh, and be, before i do that uh, uh, jay was with me on the strike jay you would want to actually add any observations of yours uh, to the market before i go ahead with questions uh, no sir I, actually you had given a comprehensive summary of uh, everything so i don't have really anything to add any any observations on on the sector fronts because you've been watching that closely i've been on a nice holiday so i've actually not looked at all the sector index charts yeah. <laughs> so if you want to highlight uh, your observations on the sector that would really uh, you can do that yeah so so in uh, so basically in terms of sectors uh, i think psu index is the one uh, you know that is looking up i mean uh, many of the internal components of the psu index are also doing pretty well and and you know uh, like uh, sir had mentioned earlier that you know they have been relatively outperformers as well and they have been trading about the uh, you know all the key averages uh, e- even since 2020 basically they haven't broken those averages so there are many such setups uh, you know that are there in the ps uh, that are there in the psu stocks so so bsc psu index as a whole looks good and also you know one thing uh, is that that uh, you know this index has not really performed for last 12 15 years or so so you know that major breakout is uh, yet to happen in that so that is one sector that is looking exciting uh, the other one uh, you know that is really not much talked about right now but it is pharma Uh, or you can say healthcare index uh, because over there the monthly cycles are complete and uh, you know it has turned around from a very good uh, uh, support level so so that is one sector particularly that is uh, looking interesting autos have been an outperformer uh, and and you know we have been highlighting that but i think over there uh, maybe in the short term uh, the run has been uh, you know too steep so there is a case that you know they can take uh, you know some breather but uh, but yes overall uh, from the medium to long term perspective auto has uh, given a big breakout uh, you know on the weekly and the monthly charts so so that sector uh, you know from medium to long term perspective looks good but in the near term uh, you know it may underperform or it can go uh, sideways then the other thing that uh, you know comes to the top of my mind is reality index because that is one more index you know that has been an outperformer lately and uh, you know many of the stocks internally are giving uh, you know good signs so i think broadly these are the ones and yes uh, of course uh, the capital good index that also has been an outperformer and in fact uh, you know that was one index which i believe had uh, you know not even uh, broken the 40 week exponential average uh, you know ever since the up move from 2020 started so it was i think only in march 2022 where it, it uh, broke for a while but you know since then it has been staying above the, uh, the that crucial average so that is 
one important uh, index as well which has been an outperformer and many of the internal components are doing so now uh, you know there are couple of index which are you know starting to look up and uh, that is power index that is bsc power and the metal index so so these are the two uh, sectors you know which haven't uh, picked up so far but uh, you know there is a good scope that they eventually join the party no which is very much to say that uh, again that everything is getting broad based almost every sector participating yes. uh, and uh, the key is of course so if one has to make a choice of which sector to stay in uh, i think it has to be performance based i mean what is doing well does the best like so if i look at capital goods and i see that capital goods has been one of the best performing sectors and probably continue to latch on to that uh uh so so that's one way of actually thinking about it uh there also those which are like like you mentioned power did really well in 21 22 but for the time being is still not picking up but uh when it does uh definitely the past performance is something i would end up extrapolating into the future uh so and the same goes with something like metals but of course they are right now acting as laggards uh but uh, we have seen rotation in the past and i think uh, uh, that's uh, that's something that will happen again that's right right so with that uh, let me try and start uh, you know taking on requests uh, naresh uh, chugani Narish Chugani, if you have a, you have a question, you can speak. You can unmute yourself and ask. Uh, hi, Rohit. Uh, very good evening. So, what is your view on uh, private banks like uh, ICICI, HDFC? Any view on? So, banking. See, banking as a sector in any any broad based uh, expansion in the economy, uh, banking is always going to do well because. Uh, you cannot have any you can't have economic growth without credit growth okay the only argument that i get back from banking analysts in general is that probably banks will underperform relative to uh, you know some particular stocks or sectors that doesn't mean they don't go up so when they say relative they only mean that okay in percentage terms a bank goes up 20% but a capital good stock might go up 50% so they will prefer to own a capital good is the only kind of counter argument now within banking private banks as you mentioned uh, and if you heard my uh, recent interviews also on cnbc and others i've just been repeating one thing that which is the bank which is really outperforming over the last 6 to 8 months and i think uh, within the private banks the standout has been actually icici bank so this takes me back to the earlier argument i made on performance investing that is what what, what is performing i presume that what is performing continues to perform no that's a presumption with which i work and i'm not making a recommendation here so because we don't recommend anything but this is how i think about things uh, and right now it looks like uh, icici bank is leading in terms of the private banking uh, performance okay got it thank you
Sharma or uh, you can you can ask your question. Uh, hello, Rohit sir. Uh, uh, am I audible? Yes, you are audible. Sir, uh, from 29 March, the small caps have risen so much. Uh, are you expecting this will continue on on the coming time? And uh, for how much longer it will continue? Thank you. So the timeline I've already put out is uh, at least for the rest of this year. Okay, because uh, a lot of negativity is already priced into markets. Uh, the minimum estimate for maybe a rollover U.S. recession is somewhere in the early part of 2024. So even even people who are uh, you know skeptics but currently bullish are thinking that possibly the tightening or the impact of uh, you know uh, liquidity getting sucked out due to excessive debt and all can have a slowing impact on the us by early 2024 so that still gives us uh, from from where we are right now at least 6 months to think about how the situation evolves in the us so i think till that point of time uh, markets will keep getting priced higher a lot of the excess liquidity around the world will search for places to invest and i think mid and small caps in india will continue to perform uh what you what you have though is uh somewhere a clean up has already happened in 2022 which is that uh, you will find mid and small caps that have held their own without crashing too much and then there are others which have given up 70 80% of the gains that separation is important because what happens in the short term when you get a major bottom like at march uh you know initially when the when stocks rally almost everything starts to go up so you start believing that even the ones that have fall 90% will do well but that might might not necessarily be the case so i think it really requires your own uh, deep insight into what you're buying uh, you know to expect that kind of a reversal if it's a company that has the growth triggers to turn around fair but if it doesn't then the market has done the clean up which means you need to really chase what is well uh, you know on a 12 month basis when you're looking at mid and small caps as well so uh, that's that's the only uh, you know insight i can give other other than that i think they will outperform large caps uh, in in over the next 6 months thank you sir narish if you are able to speak you can take your question uh, hi rohit sir rohit sir your view on fed outcome today so i did mention i don't expect them to do anything right now uh, because it's a mixed bag some data is still strong some data is is weak uh, they most probably just don't do anything and uh, move on the only thing that can change is language okay so do you think like uh, if they don't uh, ch- uh, if they pause also this market can rally further so uh, uh, i mentioned in my talk earlier there's a short term and there's a long term longer term i think yes for at least the next 6 months uh shorter term i think there is a case for a correction because we've run up a lot you look at week it's come uh and couple of other indicators may look a little stretched so uh, or there may be negative divergences in, in momentum so there is a case for a short term pullback but medium to longer term i think it will continue to head higher bullish okay thank you sir uh, rohit goel hello yeah hello sir yes go uh, on sir, can we have a 2018 to 20 type of market wherein maybe we go to 19000 to 300 then again come back to 17500 then maybe we go to 20000 then we again 
come down instead of a one way uh, straight straight up market what's your view so surely you can have higher highs and higher lows uh, which ha right said, go to 19000 come back to 18500 then you go to 20000 and you come back yes you can have a but it will be higher highs and higher lows i don't think you're going to make lower lows now right right ha huh, that is right so it won't but, be uh, around it will be an upward trend it will be an upward trend but yes it can slow down and pace that is something we cannot judge right now hmm 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 ha not i mean uh, something like when it just broke out of 12000 and then it was just do 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 one way so instead of that an upward trajectory but but I, but, maybe... I, but i'll tell you yeah but i'll tell you that we can since we cannot be sure of that uh, mm-hmm. the alternate is also possible okay so uh, so so just because i am saying yes it's possible it doesn't do that doesn't mean i don't think it can run away one way mm-hmm. then you need to ask the question as to why can it run away one way you know and the answer to that is probably at this point the easiest answer is liquidity itself most people are thinking that liquidity is tightening but you know on a net net basis on a one year basis liquidity went down and then it's recap re you know capitulated on the way up okay it's added back because on a global basis you have china stimulating china's just just cut interest rates uh, again uh, so they're trying to you know improve things once it's pulled back they just didn't want to get into the same mess on inflation as everybody else so that's why they didn't over stimulate uh, but they mm-hmm. want to do it slowly uh, japan is still buying bonds uh, people are hoping they'll stop at some point of time uh, but whatever it is japan is in a new bull market the nikkei has been making higher highs for 5 years and so people ignore that uh, a lot of europe made new all time highs recently so what is really happening is that every every each of these countries that had debt problems is essentially expanding their balance sheets to grow their way out of the uh, cycle okay so instead of allowing things to collapse or debt to unwind they are really trying to print their way out of the situation and if they are printing their way out of the situation they essentially have to expand the liquidity eventually if not in the short term medium to longer term you will so you can have short term bouts where you see oh liquidity tightened for two months and then suddenly over three months it will expand again so as in when mm-hmm. this backward you know front forward and backward movement in liquidity is happening the liquidity is essentially ends up moving into various assets and uh, and if the dollar is falling it's basically moving out of us assets to other assets right right hello yeah ha huh, sir and metals like uh, i mean you said we are i mean almost there like we are uh, going to start the next wave up so yeah. but even now you feel that maybe just maybe one more down leg is there and then we start the up leg so what would give confirmation ki nahi the up has started now one more down is not coming uh, so the dollar itself okay because that is the central most piece that drives commodity prices right you know uh, so if nothing else uh, and so right now also uh, it was confusing the last few days will the dollar still make one more move higher and ha exactly ha right so right now as it has dropped copper prices are again moving higher so when you see something like that then you sense that yes the last you know 10 days of metal prices making slowly higher highs higher lows is actually going to result in a move higher so they haven't broken the pattern of higher highs and higher lows it was just skepticism in our mind that you know if it if something goes wrong on the dollar front or something goes wrong on the do- bond yield front 
then hmm. maybe you get one more reaction on on metals but in the end it, it so far it has not happened right true true great great okay thank you sir thank you yeah okay thank you agarwal ji uh, hello sir uh, i i hope i am audible very much thank uh, thank you very much for your uh, very deep insight uh, just i would take it further the last conversation about metals sir i work in a metallurgical industries especially in aluminum industry yeah and from last november december we are seeing lot of slow down sir i talked to some of my friends also in other industries yeah and they also see very you know less orders so what do you think about this uh, metal sector there is more pain remaining or uh, or uh, we will see good sign related to dollar which you explain and the second question is about it sector sir we have seen that large cap it has been laggard but mid cap it like jensar uh, uh, technology sonata software uh, persistent and uh, nucleus these have outperformed so is it right time to enter in uh, you know uh, it index or uh, it mutual fund just this uh, two uh, questions sir so on the it side i think uh, the pattern of mid cap it outperforming large cap it is likely to continue uh, mm-hmm. i have not been a uh, a big fan of large cap it ever since to- after 2000 so that has just been my position on them uh, they didn't do spe- they didn't do spectacularly well even in the 2010s the mid cap it did do well and is and is still doing well so i think that is the only area of it that uh, that you could really focus on and when it comes yes. to the metals it's always bad news keeps prices down and good news drives it up so it's always that way and prices have not yet picked up so definitely it reflects the bad news which you're telling me that yes it's still not showing up in demand or there's still some tightening somewhere even though you have expansion in apex you have a real estate sector which is slowly picking up and so on uh, you're still not seeing the impact of that on the uh, domestic metal demand uh, and then why am i looking at the dollars i'm trying to figure out whether uh, purely on a price and liquidity basis will commodity prices move up because that also ends up sometime being a factor that makes uh, metal stocks profitable is just price if not uh, demand itself so there is always two factors demand and price price i look at the dollar demand is something that will happen with a lag mm-hmm. sir what i understand sir based upon my discussion with my colleague you know and uh, classmates steel sector is doing comparatively better as compared to aluminum industry is concerned yeah so uh, yeah this was the you know little bit information which i have and uh, thank you very much for uh, your answer sir thank you very much i appreciate it have a nice time yeah thank you so j- just to add to your comment you know copper is probably the ideal uh, place in the metal space because it has linkages to the entire Uh, you know electrification story or the energy story in some way and therefore copper ends up being one of the prime uh, commodities that uh, that are probably uh, you know place the place to focus essentially uh, in the commodity stock yes sir and uh, yesterday only i was reading this uh, issue shortage of copper and in china also they have done some policy changes so further demand of copper will go but in india sir we do not have any pure player of copper 
Hindarko yeah. and Vedanta, there are only two players right. which can benefit and one is Hindustan Copper. But yeah. their aluminium business, performance of their aluminium business can, you know, further dent the profitability. Mm. Yes. So, sir, in That's this right. line, what is your view on this wire companies like uh, KEC or Polycap, how else, what do you think? Can we play I have no, I am, yeah, I have, as a proxy I, I, player? Yeah. No, I haven't, uh, I haven't gone there and I don't, don't want to make comments on those individual stocks, but uh, yeah, I don't have a, I have a view on it. No problem, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a nice time. Yeah. Murli? Yes, sir. Good evening, Rohit, sir. Good evening. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, here charts, uh, I think uh, you're giving most of the information. I just want to so know, next two years, what will be the bottom and what will be the top, sir? Any Anything, uh, whether Allied Wave, Allied Wave, we can uh, predict bottom and top? So, uh, so I mean, I, I think I put the bottom in March, right? So, bottom in March we saw is... Uh, 16700 something i think that remains yeah. now the question is how far can the top be i think if you if you just go back to my previous spaces with sanjeev basin the i put a number there i said if there's a bull market in india typically you see indices double now when you say indices double it's very very hard for people to digest but if you just think of 16700 and multiply it by 2 you'll end up at 32 33000 which is right. typical of any bull market in india you know, uh -huh. uh, but of course, that doesn't mean it happens in a short period of time. You have to give it a couple of years to happen. Yes. Uh, but that is what it would be if we get a bull market. If, uh, otherwise, it wouldn't be a bull market. Otherwise, it would simply be range-bound trading. Okay. Means, uh, so uh, March uh, low maybe. If it breaks, uh, then it may not be a bull market. We mean to say. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Pathak M. Pathak Ji. Uh, Guru Pandey. Uh, hi, sir. Hi. Uh, so I was just going through all the conversation and uh, I, you know, I am pretty convinced with the like bull run that that might come but it's still skeptical with the thought that after looking at the uh, looking at the fundamentals crude uh, whether it is crude or or global market or it is metal but still i'm a skeptical that we are ready for a down move <laughs> uh so no, i didn't get your point so you're skeptical like, of the market going like, down or up <laughs> No, no, I'm skeptical that whether it will go or not. But like because because uh, I'm I'm getting intuitive for uh, for the coming that we are ready for a down move. Right. Hmm. Like from so, the past five days, how the market is behaving, I am like after looking at that, I am pretty being skeptical that yes, we are ready for a down move. <laughs> So what I am, I, what I am trying to say is maybe, maybe such a down move might only be a short-term pullback to what is uh -huh. going on. I'm just saying that it might not be the end, you know. So you do uh -huh. get a point where because every day stocks are moving up, moving up, moving up. At some point uh -huh. of time, every rally comes to a halt. 
Uh, but mm. does that mean that it will end up being a reversal of the entire trend and you know you will go into a bear market that is what i don't think is going to be the case no no i'm not talking about the bear market but i'm just telling like i'm just a skeptical for like this up move is not going to uh, uh relay anymore that right. that's what i'm like right. for coming months we can see a down move yes mm. Mm. That's, okay, that's that's pretty much what i said yeah <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Amit Sajija. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Amit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is regarding uh, precious metals, actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, generally uh, we see that when the dollar index cracks, and you know, longer term, I'm talking about, mm. the gold does tend to find bids and uh, move higher. Uh, yeah. but with the risk on sentiment you know like we saw say for example yesterday wherein uh, the riskier assets were high and gold actually fell mm. uh, so is is this uh, going to be you know stretched into the medium to long term as well that is gold might just underperform despite the dollar index going down uh doesn't really happen uh, you you see those short periods of divergences between the dollar and gold but eventually they tend to move in tandem so if if the dxy keeps falling gold will eventually rally you know you'll all of a sudden see a 5 6 day move where it will be you know rallying on the way up we've already seen that twice if you just look at even from november to now uh, more or less uh, the rally in gold has been inversely correlated with the dollar right on a broad basis i mean you might find a few days here and there where it doesn't look like oh it's not correlating but broadly speaking they have uh, pretty much moved in line right so despite the risk on sentiment gold will also find some support because of dollar yeah. trend yes yes in fact see the best place to look for that is 2000 to 2008 you had an 8 year period where everything was going up including equities and gold and silver uh, right. but with the dollar falling all you had is a variation where us equities were underperforming emerging markets So I think that's that's the same environment you'll end up in right now. Is where the weak dollar means that U.S. equities move up, but they they underperform emerging markets and commodities. Great, thanks. Lal Tahil Ramani. Uh, Mr. Tahil Ramani, you can uh, ask your question. No, I'm just a listener. I I don't have any questions. Okay, it showed me as a request, which is why I added. I'm so sorry. I must have just mistakenly pressed it. No problem. Deep Sea. Yeah. Good evening, Rohit. Good evening. Yeah. Also, uh, my question to you is your view on the IT sector, which you briefly covered in one of the answers, and uh, especially it has been underperforming uh, over the last few months. Uh, TCS, Info, uh, Infi, and Wipro, and all. So, how do you see that in this emerging bull market? so even even in 2010 to 2022 we did see it stocks move up but they significantly underperformed uh, the market now of course that was also a phase where many sectors were not doing well so therefore it looked like a good defensive bet uh, 
i think right now the large cap it is looking like they're going to significantly underperform okay so they won't they may go up if the bull market continues but just not as much uh, so in that sense i would say large cap it is going to remain an underperformer uh, but would they crash or or a bit since the dollar is also falling uh, how do you see that impacting these stocks would they would they uh, go down in in the near term or how is it so so see even if you look at a falling dollar from 2000 to 2008 does did that mean that tech stocks collapsed the answer is no simply because they also do get some level of revenue growth right they are able to pass on pricing changes uh, to customers also at an incremental basis so it doesn't always mean that you know just because of price change in dollar dollar is not the only factor that uh, drives their business it is actually getting more and more account customer accounts and you know driving more revenue so that is uh, that is all so currency shouldn't be the reason to think they underperform the real reasons will be something else okay oh, thanks a lot pratik yeah thank you very much rohit sir for giving me an opportunity Sure. Uh, sir, I just would like to know that what are the scopes of repeat of two thousand seven before election in India, during election, and latest by the U.S. election? Because ultimately, this is twenty twenty four is a stimulus year because there are two big democracies going in elections, and the rate hikes are seems like top out. So, uh, high scopes that. we may see a kind of run of like 2007 even in some stocks uh, nowadays i am getting and feeling, uh, getting those feelings uh, because i have seen the 2007 solution sir so is there any chance to repeat that kind of move in the entire market it's an interesting question uh, uh, it's true that uh, you know periods of elections can be stimulative and in fact that is part of the expectation also for us equities that somewhere in the second half there will be more us government spending because they will en- en- enter into an election phase and that's also a reason why some people are taking bullish bets on the us i think uh, apart from all this talk about debt ceiling and other things it's actually that somewhere in the second half they spend more and try to prop things up uh, in india uh, of course uh, there are limits to what they can do after the budget uh so this year's budget they have tried to do as much as possible in terms of the capex spending growing that by 30% and so on next year's budget will only be a vote on account so there won't really be anything over there so uh, uh, the opportunity is to really keep things loose over here and in fact if they can get a situation where the rbi starts cutting rates in the second half of the year that becomes a stimulative factor yeah thank you sir thanks a lot thank you varun singh yeah yes sir thanks a lot for the opportunity sir i just wanted to know your view on uh, possibility of rbi going for rate cut uh, before the fed it has not been seen before earlier in earlier cycles that uh, rbi cuts before fed but do you think this time it looks like uh, india is decoupled and uh, things are uh, on domestic fronts things are more stable and uh, rbi can do that it's like a wish na i i also wish okay i wish they do that <laughs> okay. will they or what they is a billion dollar question but i just wish they move ahead because it's already visible that inflation is cooling and so on 
the only reason they are not doing it is something else uh, which is uh, not very clear no maybe to I some extent currency management or something yeah most likely it is related to currency but i thought uh, given that although they yeah. by, by their own word they say that we do not do monetary yeah. policy to manage currency but the fact is monetary policy has a direct impact on currency right okay okay yeah. thanks thanks manish setia thank you rohit sir i love your calmness and the way you really see things Uh, i just wanted to know uh, in long term how will this pb culture of our elections will hamper our economic growth because i see that now every government is because uh, madhya pradesh government has started giving uh, pb uh, culture has come into madhya pradesh government also so uh, do you think uh, going forward will this pb uh, thing will hamper second thing is uh, we have gone into a negative cpi of around 3% so uh, do you, uh, do you think uh, that this will help the uh, growth of the economy or will it lead to some kind of a recession because uh, means deflation is really not good for any uh, developing economy and third yeah. thing is if you have any view on hal hindustan aeronautics so in general i mean see uh, uh, disclaimer uh, i own the stock uh, i don't give advice but uh, uh, i have liked the defense sector and that that is particularly the first one that we started to write about in terms of the wave structure setup and so on uh, in the value wave updates that we do so uh, and when i think of it that way long term till something completes five waves Uh, on a monthly quarterly degree the longer term trends are not over so that is where it is it's somewhere inside the third wave continuing to extend if i have to put elliot wave language to it and possibly till till five is not over longer term it won't be over so that is my my sense of it uh now so going from that to what you said about freebies so freebies is something that has always been there it's not like only today you can go back 20 years 40 years and you always find it in the short term it tends to be have a positive impact because it's more money in the hands of people or something like that uh it can be negative for certain sectors so when they do a loan a farm loan waiver like they did in 2008's budget just when the 2008 bear market was starting banks started to crash because banks had to write off that loss uh, but it puts more money in the hands of farmers so you can you have always have a counter argument when freebies happen longer term freebies result in greater debt at the government level and so it's always bad for the balance sheet uh, so it's a mixed bag you know eventually the question becomes you know are they balancing social measures by enough economic measures and and if that is true then then we are well and good i mean uh, so it's very very hard to uh make a bad case out of uh, out of freebies always uh and what was your third question on the about the cpi inflation going negative will that happen cpi inflation so yeah see this is always there's always a lead lag when it comes to data okay uh, cpi inflation is a lag data which is reflecting all of these existing slowdown and growth so you already have oil prices at 70 dollars you already have copper prices come down Uh, and because and you have so many agro commodity prices also which have fallen so that gets reflected in cpi so that is a lag impact the question is what is going to happen forward from here so when we start looking at the dollar and we 
say, oh, the dollar is falling. Commodity prices are going to pick up. We are essentially saying that the cycle is at the bottom and it's going to turn up. What the CPI is reflecting is just the past. That yes, we had a slowdown last year. That is what the CPI is reflecting right now. Uh, it doesn't tell us where the CPI is. Can you mute your mic? I am not able to hear. Samit, can you mute your mic? Yeah, okay, I muted him. Uh, I didn't realize while speaking that he was making the noise. Uh, anyway, so back to the point, yes, CPI is lack data. Uh, what happens with CPI is that because it reflects the slowdown that has already happened, it doesn't tell us anything about the future. And when we are trying to look at the future, we look at other things like we look at what is the DXY telling us in terms of commodity price action over the next six months? So if it's falling, it's indicating that commodity prices are bottoming out and turning up, which will not reflect in CPI right now. It will reflect in CPI six months down the line. you know. And then we'll worry about whether that CPI is too high and will rates rise again. That's a problem for next year. It's not a problem for today. Uh, so a low CPI simply reflects the historical slowdown that has happened, which is why markets were down at that point of time. Uh, it's not a problem of the future. C.A. Dhruvil. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. You have a question. I think you, you had a speaker request. Yeah, I had a question regarding forex reserves. Okay. I mean, is there is there any way we can uh, correlate forex reserves with movement of USD INR? Uh, it's not the only factor. It's not the only factor because there can be a lot of netting off. Uh, uh, so there's also sometimes demand for other reasons than just the reserves itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you can draw a pure correlation between the two. Mm -hmm. And sir, my second question is uh, regarding uh, arbitrage in USD INR. Normally, normally when you see the premiums of monthly futures, mm -hmm. for example, June or July or August, September, then we normally have a difference of 20 pesa. Correct. But this time it's only 8 pesa, 8 to 9 pesa in all the future currency of 12 months. Mm. So that is because of, I think, uh, low walls. Yes. Low walls I mean, and also maybe that the expectation of a higher USDNR is significantly reduced. So nobody is taking a position. I mean, is, is it a sign of caution? It's a caution in the way that people are not expecting USDNR to go up. That is why people would be taking less position, which is what reflects in lower premiums. Mm -hmm. I spoke to my couple of friends also, and you know, when they are saying that they are not hedging their import export bills and all that. Okay. So I, maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. Sure. Uh, Sumit. Yeah. Hi. Good evening, Rohit. Good evening. Yeah, so uh, I heard somewhere that uh, the interest rates are not falling in the near future or there is no plan to reduce the interest rates. So will this impact the reality sector? No, interest rates are already falling in terms of bond yields. The RBI has just not cut rates yet, but they should eventually cut rates. 
okay and uh, what is your take on the sectors like sugar sector and uh, dairy sector so are they expected to perform so i i have not studied dairy but definitely i have been bullish on sugar for the last 3 years and continue to be so on a long term basis because for whatever reason sugar prices and so when i look at the sugar sector i'm not only thinking of the ethanol story but i'm actually look at sugar price and look at the sugar uh story itself in terms of whether there is a demand factor or price factor sugar prices have held up pretty well in fact out of all the global agro commodities sugar prices have been the strongest they've continued to make new highs even when other commodities have corrected so in that sense i think there's a huge support to uh prices are huge support to the sugar sector right now so that's uh, that's how i see it uh, okay thank you and one last question how do you see the gold prices so uh, i read somewhere that 70000 is a minimum expectation where gold can be so is it uh, still possible yeah i am i am bullish on gold in fact uh, 70000 to me looks more like a short term idea if you ask me long term i'll not rule out fire, you know six digits so it's it's going to go a long way because gold is in a long term bull market it's not going to it's not going to be a small 10 15% kind of move but of course over several years i'm not really talking about six months i'm saying over several years it's going to go a long way okay thank you so much have a good day rohit thank you finance and films Yeah, hi, hi, Rohit. I had a glitch, so I wasn't able to speak. So, since you are into sectoral analysis, I was just seeing the charts of FNCG and uh, auto. They are at an all-time high, and uh, for somebody who en- wants to enter these ETFs of the sectoral, what is the risk-reward ratio in such a scenario? So, FMCG and uh... uh what did you mention fmcg and automobiles auto see auto autos are in a see autos tend to do well in a you know broadening economy because some demand comes up either for trucks or for uh you know scooters and so on so i would think the auto sector continues to do well uh, there i don't have a doubt uh fmcg sector is slightly tricky because at least for the last 3 uh, decades we have seen an alternating pattern for the fmcg sector which means that in the 1990s when nothing else was doing well fmcg outperformed everything as a defensive sector uh, because of consumption demand then in the 2000s when other sectors were doing well uh, then the fmcg sector actually underperformed significantly some stocks didn't even move for almost uh, 10 years uh, including hindustan unilever and so you had long consolidation phases and then again once you came to 2010s when many of those sectors capital goods reality power were not doing well again fmcg picked up and did well for the next 10 years so there's this alternating 10 year pattern so i'm really wondering if that will repeat which means that for the next 10 years fmcg will underperform significantly and which is why i'm not very optimistic even though uh, these stocks have moved up within that uh, it's not a place where which really attracts my attention though uh, there's also i've seen a differential pattern between domestic and multinational fmcg so the pattern that i just spoke of was true for uh, multinational F- uh, fmcg stocks but for 
domestic ones they even did well in, in 2000 to 2010 in fact that was the discovery phase for many of these stocks like marico and so on which uh, had only been listed in the 1990s so they probably moved a lot more uh, including dabur and so on so they moved a lot more in the 2000 2010 period but the mncs didn't do so well so that that's something to think about but this time around since all of them have gotten uh, overvalued together i wonder whether they'll behave in the same way so like do you think that in case of uncertainty in the macro factors and global factors people use fmcs as a defense and pull out money out of it and yeah but then but then the whole idea of uncertainty is subjective right it is your opinion versus mine right so while everybody is sounding out alarm bells about global uncertainty i think uncertainty has ended last year so we are okay. in a powerfully risk on mode right now Okay, so the second question is uh, about a specific IT company. It's not about a buy suggestion or something, but I would like to know if you could answer what is causing the severe underperformance in Infosys over the last few months. No, I I don't think I'll comment on a specific stock. Okay, but any like it's not a advice anyways. It's just about analysis of the underperformance of Infosys. Infosys is generally the large cap IT is not doing well so it is not just Infosys it is Infosys Wipro TCS uh, all the large cap IT is just holding back uh, after the underperformance they've already seen uh, and there's no clear sign whether that has changed yet so i'm not counting on it because even i think uh, 2000 to 2010 also large cap IT was not doing so well when every other sector was doing well very much like all uh, like defensive in fact very much like what i said about fmcg the same would have applied to it also okay the last question rohit uh, is that uh, recently we have seen paytm being uh, uh, given a good uh, positive rating by some firm and suddenly we see paytm being almost one of the best stocks to give a six month return Uh, among this loss making startups and they are advertising esop level sorry ebitda level pre esop positivity and a lot of thing is going on but i do you think paytm is sustainable at this valuation while still being heavily in losses again you are asking me a stock specific question yeah but uh, i'm more concerned about the business you know, model rather than the stocks yeah uh, so if i think about the company i use the paytm app a lot so in that sense i would like the business but do i do i really invest in it here even i don't know i am also confused so uh, i usually like to see a uh, you know newly listed company to go through uh, one bear market meaningful bear market before it becomes investment worthy uh, sometimes uh, therefore sometimes it can be you know because if if uh, because what happens in especially if those ipos are done Uh, in a uh, you know bullish market environment at a high valuation uh, the valuation correction only happens during a bear market so that is why you usually wait for that if it's been overpriced or oversold uh, to the public uh, that uh, unless they've been through one severe bear market you don't know whether that uh, corrective action has taken place if there was distribution to happen in the old days it would be you know underwriters who wanted to get out and if that has not happened you don't have uh correct pricing yet in the in the market so i don't know if it's early it's like a year or two since many of these companies got listed 
uh, i wonder if it's a bit early should we give it 3 4 years before even we look at them again question okay thanks Yeah, Ankit. Uh, good evening, Rohit sir. Am, uh, am I audible? Because Peter is showing me. Yes, you're audible. Okay. Uh, I have a question on HDFC twins. Uh, what could be the aftermath after the merger? Like, there were there were news that a merger can happen in uh, uh, July mid or somewhere. and today we got the news that uh, mutual funds who are holding both the uh, scripts uh, should not exceed the limit of 10% so have you thought on this uh so there's too much news flow around uh, hdfc and somehow it is not performing right now so i'm just i'm just trying not to look at it frankly speaking i'm not trying trying not to do any analysis or do you know post anything in terms of wave counts also right now because it may be time to just wait and let things uh, unfold okay so thank you vinay yeah yeah hi rohit how are you i'm always interesting to know your view regarding stocks and sectors uh, so with uh, my uh, uh, question was regarding a uh, metal sector i just joined uh, late uh, if it has been covered then sorry for that uh, my questions regarding metal sector especially sale i was uh, looking uh, to the charts of sale and i got to know that uh, sale rallied from uh, 8 rupees to 60 rupees yeah. in 2003 to 2004 period and again then it fell back to 20 uh in uh, and from the from that point in uh, finally it rose to 250 to 300 so the mm. move was from 8 rupees to 300 and now what uh, yeah. now similar kind of thing is has happened and this time sale has moved from 20 rupees to 150 rupees the seven times moved same as last time 8 to 60 this time 20 to 150 and uh, uh, and then corrected to uh, recently 65 so and uh, for the f- at that time from the bottom to the top the move was uh, some 40 times so is, uh, are you also anticipating that kind of move in 5 to 7 years from here in metal sector and uh, especially sale nalco nmdc kind of stocks uh, are you seeing also sensing that kind of move in 3 uh, uh, to 5 to 7 year of horizon that's my question actually while answer the question at a sector level i don't want to specifically name a sure, stock sure. but i think the call that we took in uh, you know may of 2020 i wrote a long shot report known as the reflation trade was essentially on the idea that a new cycle for the commodities had started uh, with the dollar turning bearish and so on uh, one interesting fact for people who understand intermarket analysis is that even as the dollar index made a new all time high in 2022 uh, we did not see a new low in commodity prices or in the commodity indices that is a massive intermarket divergence which sort of uh, which also sort of confirms my 
long term view that the bottom for the commodities is in place yeah the new high in the dollar is probably the last uh, spike in the dollar and now both will align which means you get a much more uh, smoother a bear market in the dollar and a much more smoother run up in commodity prices so the end result should be very similar uh, as you have asked that this is a multi year bull market for for commodities in general for the metal sector in general okay. uh, and this decline is most probably what we call a second wave which is where prices make a higher bottom but but on the back of a large amount of skepticism which is very much how you can describe the metal sector right now right. huge skepticism but prices are not gone back to the lows and that is essentially the defi- definition of a wave too low in in uh, from an elite wave standpoint right 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 thank you thank you thank you for that right your uh, your views are always uh, interest uh, i just look for that actually that i build my thesis and my decisions to go quite quite you are you are quite uh, what i can say if put quite uh, importance in my decision making your thoughts quite a lot thank, thank you. you thank you for that thank you thanks a lot yeah welcome parimal uh, good evening rohit am i audible yeah uh, so my question is uh, a little ye ki maan ke chalte hain ki this is a bull market from bombay to delhi via train journey of 1000 km so isme hum kaun se kilometer pe rahenge rohit sir Hmm. <laughs> I think at least halfway we are done. So 400 to 500 kilometer. Are you saying 400 to 500 kilometer journey we've already got done? You're making me make a judgment which can be very very wrong. I mean, it could be only one third for all you know because just like I answered a question, कि ये तो second wave है तो third four five बनेगा तब तक तो बहुत कुछ बाकी है. तो it's very hard to say. but it can be somewhere between 30% and 50% okay okay because last time uh, when we had this uh, space so you said ki you were uh, really bullish on five sectors and you said the journey could be till 2027 2020 if i'm yes, not wrong no change in that view uh, so i mean still be saying that we have another four five years of uh, brilliant bull market with us yeah yeah all right all right thanks so much sir thank you bushan yeah hi hi rohit good evening good evening uh, been a follower for india chart since uh, i guess july july of 2020 okay and it, it's been a great journey till now so uh, i i had a question the, in which you know in this 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 rally uh we missed uh, I, i i mean i didn't have any pharma stocks or any fmcg stocks with me in the complete rally so uh, like you know uh, after seeing the kind of run that they had from from you know the january bottom till now january february till now so i i i feel you know i i missed out on a very you know big uh, gain that could have got from that sector but again you know the views on the sector like you said on fmcg also the views on the sector are not very bullish just because of the long term charts so like you know how 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 do you convince yourself that is it, it it's okay to miss miss out on those and you know uh, like to go go ahead with that so humanly it is not possible to capture everything but if you can capture even one or two winning sectors so say for example if i am invested in 
defense you know which have given superior returns compared to the market yeah so if i am invested in some of the manufacturing outsourcing yeah, capital you know, capital goods yeah or capital goods so so that sort of does it so then i say okay 2020 2021 i was in metals but i didn't do any it stocks i can feel bad of not being in it i can feel happy about being in metals so so that is part of it if you can capture everything you will become god so importance is that you can bet on few right things and then uh, you know put all your eggs there that's good enough yeah it was an amazing run i mean uh, you know just 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 looking back at the charts you you know you feel kind of missed out but again you know the long term views on the charts are i i am not very much bullish on the long term views just because the 2014 uh, 2015 1415 tops on pharma are still not out so you know not very much confident to go on that so that's why i avoided those sectors you know i was i was trying to get into those sectors which are continuously making me high yes so that that's exactly what i mentioned in the beginning so even when we uh, when we teach this in the mentorship program uh, about you know performance investing there's also something about you know managing your portfolio and removing something which is not working so pharma is something that stopped working i think in very early of 2021 you yeah. know one by one at least the large caps uh, to mention names sipla dr reddy all stopped performing back then the only one which was going up was sun pharma or maybe in the mid caps uh, among which i uh, cover was copran uh so if there were few that were doing well uh and then moment they started to break you know uh, one by one i sort of moved out of the sector uh when that happened uh now when i look at it yes it looks like the pharma sector's bottom but i will not make i will only look for those few stocks which uh which can do well it will not be an across yeah. the board bet because if stocks have been hammered by 80 90% in some cases uh, exactly. then it probably means that they are not uh, market favorites right now yeah so even if you look at the sectors you need to look at stocks which are making new highs yeah yeah okay thank you thank you jani baba mohammed uh, hi rohit sir hi uh, sir i uh, would like to ask one question uh, your view on cyclical stocks sir like uh, earlier sumit has asked like a sugar stock likewise yeah. cotton and aluminum and graphite your view on yeah yeah so cyclical cyclicals are i think uh, uh, rather bullish i'm in general since 2017 been looking for Uh, cyclical sectors to do well because that's when the first time the dollar started to fall you had sugar prices go up metal prices go up and so on and that's then been my focus to look for you know cyclicals uh, and i think they'll continue to do well in this uh, in this move no doubt and the aps aps sector sir api you mean pharma yes sir so uh, there you it is very very selective because uh, there's always this problem of getting fdi approvals not getting fdi approvals and so on uh, you just need to be selective on which which companies you really go with thank you sir yeah sumit yeah sir good evening sir good evening i really like your work because you are one of the few analyst who strictly go by the 
means interpretation of charts what you see in elliot wave theory and all Yeah. So I have that uh, one uh, sl- slightly different questions. Like in this world of AI, suppose some machine is fed with all this Elliott wave theory fundamentals, mm. Mm. and some analyst feed his individual interpretations, means pro- only only probability interpretations. So can it will be a real threat in upcoming future? Means whether theoretically it is possible uh, to design a machine. Which have all the technicals of Elliott wave theory, mm. like wave one, two, three, whatever, and their respective interpretations, yeah. and based on that, it takes decision of its own. So, do you th- foresee it is a real possibility? And if it is a possibility, because in my limited understanding, I think it will be a very major threat to uh, this uh, trading uh, thing. I think. So why should, my question is why should it be a threat? It will be a threat because in this suppose that software whoever makes that machine he'll be a very he will uh, sell it to some very highly uh, financially sound persons hmm. and they can manipulate that uh, thing because they will be knowing at the end of the day they will be knowing everything about the individual stocks, okay. So, so they can always uh, take a counter view based on their financial power and all, and then it will distort. No, so see, Elliott wave. I'll tell you, Elliott wave theory is about price pattern, and uh, uh, and then there is positioning, which is what everybody is doing and trying to take a contrarian position. As you're seeing, has to be based on what everybody else is doing. so so there are two completely different things uh now there have been attempts at automating elliot wave in the past uh one was done by an australian uh, analyst and there was a software he ran it on multiple computers including mine in 2003 uh and then eventually for some reason he passed away that software is lost or still there now elliot wave international has been trying to do it they have come up with something i have seen the markings but i've always had uh, had a doubt about these automated counts because nobody has been able to perfect it yet now you are saying that maybe these the new ai is able yeah, to I, capture it better i feel because in this world na this present system of ai many yeah. things have matured so if some powerful financial institutions or like that because suppose i will give you example suppose on elliot wave at the end of that wave sub shows that this stock is going to rebound it or yeah. it is going to crash it hmm. so the person who is having that ai with elliot wave theory he will be knowing and he will be hmm. knowing all the data what is the positioning size whatever the hmm. data is there hmm. so because he has a financial power he can very very well manipulate that and he can take a contrarian view in a much bigger way like today also people take contrarian view and one is plus one is minus yeah but if somebody is having extraordinary financial power with that ai platform and with that information with that data he can always reverse that position so will be a real threat because on a small basis it may not affect much but on a larger scale so i'll i'll put it this way see i i am also looking at a chart and the question is really whether everybody is doing uh, the same kind of analysis or not uh so say if i am doing an analysis and i can see okay this looks like uh, we have wave 2 on this stock and it is going to go up in wave 
Yeah. Now this AI also comes up and realizes that oh, this is wave two down and it's going to go up in wave three. Yes. Uh, what will the AI manipulate? I also think it will go up. He also thinks it will go up. No, what AI will manipulate that uh, it has to go to wave three. Okay, upward yeah. suppose. Yeah. Then AI will be having data that so many persons are having a plus positions. Yes. Suppose some ten lakhs. Yes. And everybody is expecting as per theory it is it has to go up. Hmm. So what that institution will do, he will take such a quantity of negative position that it will means it will not follow that wave. Which is sort of what the co-location scam was really all about. That they were giving data of the buyers and sellers, and even today a lot of the a lot of the HFTs actually have the bid ask spread data uh, on a very very short term basis, and are already trying to front run the uh, front run those trades. Ah, the India's data when all personal data is everything is leaked out. This data getting this data is not a yeah. Yeah, so so what I'm trying not to not for say, all stocks, but see, for what, later stocks. See, what I'm stocks. trying to say, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, your theory, the theory you're making up, is based on the idea that everybody will be long based on Elliott wave theory, and they will try to manipulate it, which is not going to be the case because everyone knows Elliott wave. पहले तो समझता ही नहीं है, तो चार लोग होंगे जो वो चीज करेंगे. नहीं वो ठीक है सर नहीं करते but they many people's must be consulting consultants must be नहीं तो हमें थोड़ा advance इसमें हमें थोड़ा advance होना पड़ेगा ना और already मुझे होना पड़ रहा है क्योंकि देखिए अगर मैं options trade करता हूँ अगर मैंने अगर ज़्यादा लंबा position खड़ा कर दिया तो writer भी उसको manipulate करने की कोशिश करता ही है क्योंकि writer तो खोने वाला है so he would prefer to borrow some stock and keep the price down so that it doesn't go up and actually I'm forced to either square up or move it forward so what does that force me to do as a trader is to improve myself how would i improve myself because sir one thing i i really feel for last 6 months ke this thing is somehow is means being done at a very lower level yeah very small level because many times we see that charts give us signal that now this is going to reverse and something happens and that takes a different turn yeah in many many of the biggest stocks i am watching yes Uh, this is going. This thing is going on. So that give me a suspicion that maybe some players are using this thing. Yeah. Somehow. So what, what I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say, Sumit, is that uh, we'll need to beat the system. And I'll tell you the answer and the solution that is already there to beat the system, and it is called position sizing in trade management. Okay. So I will have to master position sizing in trade management, which is a mental skill along with a monetary skill. Uh, to beat the system. So, for example, if I do believe very strongly that a particular stock is going to start a third wave, and I am well aware that I can be stopped out of that before I go right, mm-hmm. I need to plan my trades in a way that even if I go wrong, I can re-enter the position again, because the manipulator can also manipulate only so many times. But this effectively will kill the uh, all these theories, na sir. No, it doesn't kill the theory. The theory and all. No, it, all can, no, it cannot. Na, because you wave two, you wave two को खत्म नहीं कर पाओगे. Wave two तो रहेगा ही. See, अगर मैं बोलता हूँ wave two है, wave two means that you are making a higher bottom than the previous. So stock from sixty goes to hundred and comes back to eighty. Okay. तो eighty rupees का वो seventy eight कर सकता है. Sixty के नीचे करने में करने में उसका भी फायदा नहीं है. Okay. है ना? तो वो थोड़ा मैन्युपुलेट कर सकता है कि चलो लोगों का पोजीशन निकाल दो मैं सब खरीद लूं बट अगर आप स्मार्ट हो तो आपका कटेगा तो आप वापस खड़े हो जाओगे बट इट विल इट विल मैन्युपुलेट ना सपोज इट इंस्टेड ऑफ तो हमेशा से अरे एलियट वेव जब नहीं था तो भी ऑपरेटर तो कर ही रहा था 
जिसको चलाना है भाव उसको पास टाइम भी है ना मुझे छह महीने में चलाना है चलो अगर मैं हूँ मैं ऑपरेट कर रहा हूँ मेरे को छह महीने में भाव ऊपर करना है मैं कितने बार उसको तोड़ूंगा एक बार तोड़ूंगा दो बार तोड़ूंगा सोल्यूशन फॉर मी इज टू बी प्रिपेयर टू बी एबल टू मैनेज मनी सच दैट आई कैन टेक अ ट्रेड टू और थ्री टाइम्स even if i am stopped out that is the only solution and then he cannot fight me yeah yeah but that could be a real threat na means at somebody i am saying it's already there even today ah. even today that threat is already there it is there okay all right thanks yeah super ideas you have a question Yeah, hi Rohit sir. Thanks for your time. Sure. I wanted to ask you uh, a question on uh, two sectors. What is your view on insurance, both general and life? And second, your liquor stocks. Thank you. Uh, see, you know, when once I have admitted to the idea that I think we are in a bull market, I cannot be bearish on anything. So every answer becomes relative. in relative means oh will this do better than something else or not do better than something else because insurance is like a like a theme which keeps perpetually going on as long as your population is expanding more people need to get insured and more money will keep going in circles through these stocks so therefore uh, unless there is a major financial crisis insurance companies don't get into trouble and uh, liquor is of course like fmcg it, it it's something you consume it's like a defensive uh the only thing that you have to worry about in in a defensive is when it's overvalued versus undervalued and the cycle you know 10 years they'll do very well 10 years they don't do well so uh, in general i guess i guess they all do well correct but, but sir they just better than, will they do better than some other sectors is a, is a slightly tougher call okay. sir just a follow up on your insurance bit i agree that it it might do well in because your obviously your view is positive yeah. but is just that are you seeing that it's in a consolidation phase or ready to break out some some if you could so throw some light on that uh so wait you know that see many of them actually are again uh, what i spoke about sometime back is newly listed companies so many of these insurance companies are actually newly listed so even if i look at an hdfc life and then i say okay how are yeah four five year chart history you know if i look at the last uh, year since 2017 it's actually done nothing correct you know so uh, so whenever it's down in the dumps surely it has been an opportunity to buy uh but it's gone nowhere and so uh, but 17 to now is a long period uh, it's been through one severe bear market which is 2020 so if definitely that becomes one pivot from where we can actually 
measure uh, uh, the rally okay this is one uptrend so i can say okay at 20 to 21 was wave one and now it has declined in wave two and will wave three start so it's possible you know so so they may have done all that and may be ready to break out of these ranges okay sir because i asked this question particularly in the light of seeing that insurance companies worldwide have done well and been have been very massive wealth creator and some people some people are very rich because of that one day warren buffett but it's just that the obviously it's still at the nascent stage in india but overall it has not performed so that's where where i can't understand that why what is the reason consolidation what what is it that i'm not getting no i think the pressure was is usually because of newly listed companies you know uh, they all rallied in 2122 uh, and they've retraced i mean i'm like i just opened while speaking hdfc life it has retraced 70% of the rise Yeah, so 70% retracement of the rise essentially means that it's uh, you know given back for what reason could be something related to covid could be uh, that it's not growing as fast as you thinking could be whatever reason but at least it's at a higher bottom today than than what it made in 2020 which longer term sounds okay but uh, what were the short term problems that brought it down i have actually not looked at plus so i have avoided this sector mostly for the same reason that once it was newly listed it was only 3 4 years old in 2020 so not too early for me to really consider it okay sir so just based on what you said for in the in your last statement that 3 4 years uh, time period so ideally what what is it, what is the time period that you generally look at when say evaluating a sector like because insurance is, in, is like five to eight years yeah at least go through one bear market you know and after okay. it's been through one bear market if i start seeing the stock move up in impulse impulse is a five wave advance then i would start considering it and then if it is again given a larger second wave as is the case right now like i mentioned making yeah. a higher bottom compared to 2020 then that is a second reason to start considering it okay so you would now because you have seen a certain amount of time pass is the time they have been listed you would consider looking at them right yeah the fresh time pass yeah okay thanks thanks for time sir right so i think uh, uh, i am going to have to call it a close it's 9 uh, 45 almost on my watch i was hoping to complete this in one and a half hour that's 9:30 we still extended it a bit uh, taking questions from as many people as we could uh, but uh, we need to call it uh, call it a day so thank you everyone uh, for having joined us feel free to share this spaces moment i stop it the recording should actually be available to everybody to listen to and uh, share again so uh, uh, you can continue to do that don't forget we are launching strike uh, within a week so look forward to the updates on that i'll be tweeting them from the india charts uh, platform and you can also start following strike_ic uh, which you can see as the co-host uh, to keep getting updates videos how to use various other you know updates that we'll be doing uh, on whatever readings we are we are getting on the platform itself we share analysis so that you can actually better yourself so start following that account uh, to stay in touch with those updates related to the strike platform that should be out within a week so thank you everyone uh, good night